Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Attention BetMGM customers. Have a friend who loves sports as much as you do? Here's a chance for both of you to earn a $50 bonus when they sign up through BetMGM's Refer-A-Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account and click on the Refer-A-Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, they'll receive a $50 bonus. And once your friend places a bet with their bonus and the wager is settled, you'll receive a $50 bonus as well. Share the excitement and get a $50 bonus every time you refer a friend to BetMGM. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Ohio only. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in 30 days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick. Well, we are getting close to the end of our roster shows. We had a roster prediction show. We had a roster cut show. Today, we've got a practice squad show for you as the Ravens formed their initial practice squad today after the waiver period was uh, was done. Here to talk to me about that is Kevin Ostrock, or Rock, a Locked On Ravens. Kevin, how you doing? I'm doing good, Kenny. Yeah, it's been a couple busy days here for the Ravens, but we're starting to see this roster take shape in the practice squad, too. We have a lot of talented names on there, and I'm excited to talk about them. Yeah, it's uh, every year you look at the practice squad, and one of the things you want to see is who did the Ravens pick up that you didn't know about before? That's maybe from some other team's uh, uh, you know, set of camp players. The funny thing about the Ravens' initial practice squad, and they still have a place open, is that every player that they got is from their own 80. They didn't go out the organiza- outside the organization at all. And I think that's one of the things that just speaks to how much depth they really had this year. And we saw 
over the course of the year last year, just how decimated they got. And I think they really made it a point this offseason to go out there and stack this roster. And they had a lot of tough decisions to make over the course of the trimming down process to get to 53. But that's what you want if you're a team. You don't want to get to, like, guy 46 and you're saying, uh... I don't really want any of, these, any of these guys. You want to have like 60, 70, however many guys you feel confident in. And then hopefully they make it back to you. And in the Ravens case, everyone made it back to them that they wanted. There was no player claimed from the Ravens on the waivers. And you can you, you can almost say, if you really want to, that the Ravens waiver claim was almost like that practice squad-ish guy. Now, he's on the active roster in Delshawn Phillips, but he's a player that, again, not a lot of people knew about. But I think for the Ravens, they were able to get back their players. And I think that's a big part because they did let go of some talent. Yeah, they uh, they certainly did. A few guys did go off for greener pastures. We'll probably talk about a couple of those as we go through. Uh, one thing that, that speaks to the kind of depth the Ravens have, first of all, the winning streak itself is is largely a function of defensive depth and the, the units they've been able to put on in the second half being so competitive uh, with uh, uh, sometimes practice squad quarterbacks for the for the regular season <laughs> that they're facing in those games. So, uh, you know, obviously the Ravens have, uh, you may or may not know, uh, have the most players of any NFL team in 2021 that were originally drafted by the team with 112 originally, sorry, originally signed by the team. That includes UDFAs. And uh, uh, that that in itself is very impressive. But I think you're, you're, there's another point to depth here that uh, you're going from. I'm still very surprised that no one was claimed among the, the Ravens cuts. And in particular, I thought Isaiah Mack would have a good chance to be claimed. Yep, I did as well. And uh, blessing that <laughs> the Ravens were able to get back those guys. I could have seen anywhere from two to four, maybe five, if, depending on how you look at it, guys get claimed. Anthony Brown was a player that I thought a team could have definitely been interested in. I thought Tyler Beatty being a sixth round pick and, mm-hmm. you know, having the success he did in the SEC out of Missouri could have been someone also. I think Mac, as you talked about, is one of those guys. And Ardarius Washington, someone who I thought could have easily gotten claims. So the fact that Baltimore was able to get back those players again, they're, they're going to have a deep practice squad this year. Their practice squad looks really, really good, and that's going to help them, I think, in multiple ways. Moving target. So we'll see how, how uh, stocked that practice squad goes. You, the attrition on the Ravens practice squad in particular is greater than others because they tend to be the first, pay, uh, the first place people look for certain positions, notably defensive line, as you have the normal set of injuries that occur during NFL regular season. As I say, the um, replacement level degrades uh, or erodes over time during the season. And, and a player like Mack, who was right on the cusp of making a roster anyway, is now easily an NFL player come November 1st, say. Yeah, and you kind of get into the, what does this practice squad look like in November? Because Mm -hmm. we do know that players can get claimed by other teams. So is Isaiah Mack a player that a team with defensive line depth issues heading into maybe the second or third month of the season? And if Isaiah Mack isn't on that 53-man roster for the Ravens, I could easily see him getting claimed. And you kind of think about that as well, like we saw last year with Trace McSorley, who got claimed by the Arizona Cardinals or what was called up to the Cardinals active roster. And mm-hmm. he ended up being on that team for a little bit, not there anymore. But it's, it's kind of the same thing. I, almost, I look back also to the Tristan Cologne situation. When I think it was, I might be mistaken, it might have been the Dolphins, who I think were very interested in putting Cologne on their active roster. But the Ravens actually 
put them on theirs before they could actually make that move. So it's almost like a strategic thing with this practice squad. And for a player like Isaiah Mack, absolutely agree. 100% an NFL player. I thought he showed flashes last year at the end of the season. I thought he showed many, many during the preseason. So I think, again, it just shows. You, you can even talk about, about a guy like Aaron Crawford who was waived injured, Rashad Nichols. That group is extremely deep mm-hmm. from, from top to bottom, you know, the star power as well as the depth. Yeah, they, they didn't have any of their injured players, waived injured players, come back, which was kind of a shame because if they had additional roster moves to make and they thought any of those guys would be back this year, Dalen Hayes maybe could have been a guy that they bring back after however many weeks it takes him to get healthy. Uh, and as of right now, with the Ravens' outside linebacker situation, it looks like they could really use him. They've got two healthy guys at outside linebacker, which I think is a position we need to talk about in, in, in this, maybe first, because it's it's the, the position of greatest needs. It's it's Oway and it is uh, uh, Houston, and both of those guys are rush linebackers. They're they're not Sam linebackers, so uh, you know they, they, whether or not Oway has the traits is debatable. But they really need outside linebackers, so they retain two: Jeremiah Moon and Stephen Means, uh, who uh, both were out of their eighty. But it's interesting to me that Stephen Means wasn't offered a place on the roster. Uh, he does kind of have a handshake deal quality about him in terms of being a vet minimum. What do you think about that? Yeah, it was a little shocking to me. I think what it ultimately came down to, I think just might have been a numbers game overall. Mm-hmm. And maybe, you know, you could say, well, why didn't the Ravens just put Steven Means on their active roster and then not claim Adele Sean Phillips or something like that? But they're, they're different players, first of all. But I think that for the Ravens, it does come down now to a numbers game with the rest of their roster. And we'll talk about that, I'm sure. But for Stephen Means in particular, someone who did show flashes, I mean, has obviously been very complimentary of the organization as well and, and credits mm-hmm. them for a lot of different things. So it felt like he was going to be back in one way or the other. I thought it was going to be on a handshake deal. So I was a little shocked that it wasn't. But now that I see the rest of the roster and just how it shapes up and you're almost thinking, well, who would Stephen Means replace? On the roster, there's really only one or two guys right now I, I could say, yeah, I, I'd make that switch. Josh Oliver, say, or... Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so you, you, they do have some extra people. They cut Tyree Phillips, but that was to get uh, the, the guy from the Jets. So I guess they could cut him at this point. I, 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 for one, don't really believe there's a 100% chance he's on the roster when the season starts. I think he's one extra guy who could potentially play that position. If they get somebody they like, they'll they'll go with him. Uh but we'll, we'll see. We'll see how that plays out. Stephen Means, also a guy who I think has the understanding with the organization that he'll be probably activated for the first couple of weeks. And then a decision may be made in week three about bringing him onto the active roster for some additional period of the year. Uh, perhaps the whole one. But, you know, since Bowser is coming back, Means understands the, the, the business of football that uh, he may have a job only until Bowser is back. Yeah, and we we really do we don't know what the mm-hmm. Bowser injury is going to look like when his timetable is. I mean, when is he going to be 100 percent? Another thing, you know, he could come back and off the PUP list, but when's he, when's the ramp up period over? When is he feeling good again? You could say the same thing with David Ajabo with the injury in March. So Stephen Means, I think, understands that there is a role for him. I agree on this active roster, even though he's not on the active roster right now. It's a practice wide situation, and I know for him in particular. There could be an injury. In fact, there will be injuries for the Ravens in 2022. There are injuries across the entire league. I mean, this is football we're talking about here. So I think that there is a possibility Stephen Means gets elevated definitely. And I think he can definitely outperform the practice squad contract that he got because he is that kind of a player and he did show the flashes in the preseason. Yeah. And, and if he is elevated to the roster um, after 
week one, meaning meaning second week and beyond, then his salary becomes non guaranteed for the year. So he just has to, uh, the Ravens will just have to pay him until uh, Bowser or uh, the player who would be replacing him, whoever that might be, uh, is is ready to go. So I'm not sure what the what the agreement is with Means, but uh, but I think he can help the Ravens in terms of being a run defender in the first couple of weeks. At least I'm hoping that's the case. Yeah, and I think for with the Ravens, like the the traits that you want out of an addition now, if you were looking at the outside linebacker, is definitely what you are losing in Tyus Bowser. So mm-hmm. again, it's not like they need this ten sack guy to come in. Like, sure, it'd be awesome, but that's not <laughs> that's not what they need right now. It's more they need the pass coverage abilities. What Tyus Bowser brings them. That's why I keep going back, and I've gone back to it multiple times here. To Devon Kennard is kind of an older option who could be that player until Bowser returns. Yeah, I mean, and that does make sense. And maybe maybe he's a week two signing. Maybe he's a he's a right now signing. I think either one is is basically possible. The Ravens probably would not like to make a full season commitment if they if they could avoid it. Um, you know, you, you talk about a ten sack guy or what Bowser brings, and you're saying you're not talking about a ten sack guy. What Bowser brings is a lot rarer. It's a lot harder to find, and and uh, I, I think I think people don't appreciate sometimes how much he brings to the table as a uh, uh, you know coverage guy. And then you also have a guy who can who can play the run adequately, and and he can certainly rush the passer at least adequately. Uh, led the team in sacks last year. I just that's a very difficult combo to find. You really need an athlete, and uh, and it's just that's why it's been so hard for them to really get set up. They had a couple guys, Vince Beagle, they thought might be the guy, and uh, and he got hurt very early. It was the first IR uh, case this year, so uh, yeah, you just you hadn't been able to replace him. Let's talk about some of the other players in positions. Uh, on the offensive line, uh, we're talking about getting getting uh, Phillips back. I don't think that has happened yet, at least not to my knowledge. Have you heard anything tonight? Are you been all busy with Gunnar Henderson's first home run? Yeah, well, that, that was something else. That was that was yeah. amazing. But yeah, not, nothing on that front. I assume we'll probably hear tomorrow, but I don't know how likely that is. I think some team will probably see the potential and snatch them up, but maybe I'm reverse jinxing here and it, it'll, it'll happen and, and they'll be able... I think that'd be a perfect scenario for them, though, if they can get them back and continue developing. Yeah. I mean, he's a year three player, so uh, the development is now. He's, uh, he's getting out of option value. So you can't... I mean, there's a certain point in a, in a player's career, let's say the 50 year beyond, certainly, where you, you just can't spend time developing a player. That, that, that player has to be ready now or he can't help you. You're, you're paying market value for him, whatever that is. Uh, so with Tyree, you know, he'll he'll if if he does come back, uh, I think there is actually a, a pretty legitimate chance the Ravens would need him at some point this year on the offensive line. Certainly not not zero uh, as we've uh, as we've seen last year. Uh, I, actually, you know, his the order of his games, he went from his worst game in the first week, improved slightly, although he still was penalized three times in that second game. And I thought he played really well, uh, particularly as a pass blocker against Washington, even a tackle. And I was a little surprised that he was caught. You said you didn't have it on your bingo card. Big surprise to me. Yeah, I agree. And I think I was always in the mindset that the Ravens were, they should at least try to move off of one of those three guards, whether it be Powers, Cleveland, or Phillips. I thought it was going to be mm-hmm. Powers the whole way. He ends up doing enough to win, to apparently win that starting job. So, you know, good on him for doing that. But it felt like with the Ben Bredesen trade last year and just with how many quality offensive linemen they had that they were going to have to move off of one of them with the rest of the roster the way it was in terms of just needing roster spots for talented players. So when they kept 11, it was a shock. 10 makes more sense to me. But I think for Phillips, this this is a 
like the pivotal make or break development year for him where this is it. Like this is the last like developmental year for him before you can even say that. And even, even saying it in year three is still pushing it in, in, in a little bit of a stretch. But I think at this point, you, you know, he's a better guard than he is a tackle. You know, I think that's where he is better lined up. And this is a player that started 13 of his 22 games. So he has the experience there. So I think as a practice squad addition, I think that's a, it's, it's a perfect fit there if you can get him there. So you're saying he's played 22 games. It's 13 out of 33, right, during his two years with the Ravens that the Ravens have played. I but think, he's yeah. played 22. Okay, that makes sense. Um, uh, how about what they did at wide receiver? Now, they did bring back, and I was surprised at this. I, I, I was not surprised by the two, the first two guys, Polk and Victor. Those are two guys I expected to get back. And I think Raleigh Webb actually might have been the first of the three they added. He surprised me a little bit. I think that it... It wasn't a total shock, but I think maybe the the three wide receivers was a tiny shock, but not mm-hmm. not a big one because the Ravens kept five and, and we've seen them keep six over the last couple of seasons in that range. So to have three, I think that's not a huge deal, but I think Webb showed flashes and I think that spot probably would have gone to Shamar Bridges instead of Webb if Bridges wasn't injured. So maybe this was a situation where they really just wanted guys who were familiar with their offense, who put up some decent stats during the preseason and actually showed some stuff. We saw him play safety, so maybe they see defensive versatility too. But no, I think for Riley Webb, he's a player that is definitely like the third guy on that mm-hmm. list for me. Like I think that Makai Polk and Benjamin Victor can provide them more right now, but I, I don't hate the Riley Webb addition. I think that he would be a fine player. It's just a matter of we've seen every player on that practice squad be from that 90-man roster from the team beforehand so yeah. maybe that's just the theme they wanted and since Slade Bolden wasn't in that equation Shamar Bridge is not in that equation Riley Webb Gaither. was the guy they went with yeah if they've gotten rid of even more guys in camp than that so they had Gaither yep. for a while and yeah it's, it's uh Jalen Moore they, too yeah yeah you're Jalen Moore is another guy and he started in the first I think both of the first two preseason yeah. games so obviously very odd that uh, that he was one of the early cuts um, the one very interesting guy who kind of segues the offensive line into the defensive line a little bit is Khalil McKenzie because uh, he's a guy I could really see the Ravens getting value out of as an elevation in particular, and he might have more value as the season goes on. We've been through this, I think, a couple of times before in terms of the value in a lot of ways is in his designation, although he's a good pass blocker and they only use him on the offensive side of the ball. Um, they didn't use him on defense. The real value of him is he can be your eighth offensive lineman. And if you can only activate four defensive linemen for whatever reason, shortage of spots, you, 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 they're, they're going to run all uh, 11 personnel. So you, you don't feel like you need extra defensive linemen for whatever reason. Khalil McKenzie can give you that extra layer of protection of being a guy who can, who can play defense for you out of your eighth OL spot. Yeah, and I think that's huge for them because this is a team that does value versatility. And whenever you can get that like two for one on a on a game day elevation or some kind of a roster spot, I think it helps out because what you have is a player that we did see. I mean, yeah, pass protection, he's able to do those types of things. Still still needs some improvement in some areas, definitely. He's not a finished prospect by any means, but you're right. They definitely wanted to see what he had at the guard spot and on the offensive line. And I think I completely agree in the fact that it is situational with him, where you have enough on the defensive line right now, at least to start the season, where you're not mm-hmm. going to really, I think, need that aspect of it until maybe 
late October, November, December, January, but it, you still have it, which I think is extremely valuable. It's almost like what Patrick Ricard brought very early on in his career, where you could activate him and play him on the defensive line and play him on the fullback position, but it is a bit different with what he did versus what McKenzie brings, but I still yeah. think it's the same thing. Let, let me let me just kind of take the other side of that and, and, and explain why I think it's very different from Ricard's situation. I think Ricard's situation was pure emergency play. So when he got his big snap count, snap count load, was playing in Chicago in that game that they ended up losing in overtime at home, and he ended up playing like something like 42 snaps, and that was high quality. Well, okay, it was valuable emergency play. <laughs> Okay, so so that, that's the kind of thing that can really save your team. But there's other situations, uh, goal line defense and other things where you'd like to have a fourth jumbo defensive lineman. And the Ravens might have uh, not exactly what they want. And so if Khalil McKenzie is your eighth offensive lineman, you're never going to play him as an offensive lineman in that game. It's, it's chances extraordinarily slim that you'll need him. It's just part of the NFL rules is you have to have eight offensive linemen to, to, to have the, the, that extra spot on the game day roster. So if you can if you can have a guy that you can put there with that designation, then he can move over the defensive side of the ball. With Ricard, it was always he was primarily an offensive player and and secondarily a defensive player when he was a two way guy. So Khalil McKenzie is is like a faux designation where Ricard is a actual versatility player. So that's the that's the distinction I make. I really like the Ravens still keeping him around, and I think he can help the team even when they've got six defensive linemen on the sorry five defensive linemen on the roster if some week you say well I want to have different defenders on I really only want to they're going to they're going to play all 11 so I only really need four defensive linemen this week but I'll, I'll to be to protect myself I'll put Khalil McKenzie as my eighth offensive lineman so I can have a fifth defensive lineman for that game that's what I think he really gives you and admittedly he didn't play a single snap of defensive line this preseason so uh, we'll see. But he played all defense last year during his uh, snaps during the regular season. No, and and that, that argument makes sense to me. It, it does. Because I, I think it's it's like the, uh, what do I want to classify it? Like the sneaky designation. Like you said, the photo yeah, designation. Photo, the sneaky yeah. designation of just having that like NFL mandated like actual eight offensive line and then being able to bring him in. And even though he didn't play <laughs> the offensive line in the preseason, he could still do I think he came to the Ravens as a defensive lineman first, if I'm not mistaken, but was, I actually was like, don't recall anymore. Yeah, uh, he, like he, he was, was maybe classified as defensive line and defensive yeah. line in college, maybe, and the Seahawks tried to change him. Does that sound right? right. So, something okay. I think along those lines, but I think he was classified as like both, but played defensive line for the Ravens a little bit last year. Mm-hmm. So he has that experience. So I, I don't, I don't hate that argument at all. All right. Uh, ben Mason, I don't think I, I want to spend a lot of time on him, but uh, but he actually signed with the Ravens this year instead of somebody else when, when he was cut, so that's nice. Uh, Anthony Brown, uh, a big one. Um, I, I honestly think if they really had a market for either Huntley or Brown, they probably would have moved one of them here. Uh, there was certainly a risk that he would have been picked. He was one of the most efficient Extraordinary long ball throwers during the preseason. I know playing against nobody corners and yada yada, but uh, but still very impressive in terms of of what he did. Ball was generally on target and and he made good decisions. Would you be an upset? Would you been upset if they lost him either through the claim process or to the Ben Mason method, where another team coaxed him off for a practice squad spot? Yeah, I, th- I think it would have hurt a little bit just because I didn't really know what to expect heading into the preseason with Anthony Brown. But, I mean, he showed so much. And I don't know if I would say I was a little shocked he wasn't claimed, but I think I was a tiny bit because he did show a lot. But I think what we saw throughout the course of this preseason and through the rest of cuts is we saw a lot of those, like, 
high end ish QB threes cut during the the cut downs we saw josh johnson a former raven who had a great preseason with denver who was let go trace mcsorley former raven who was let go so it wasn't i don't think teams were actively looking for these you know quarterback situations but when we get later into the year what like we saw with trace mcsorley last year then we might see an anthony brown you know claimed by a team and he ends up on their 53-man roster Okay, so I, I think there's two roads to him being claimed later in the year. I think you just named one of them, which is somebody has some quarterback injuries, right? Yeah. But hey, let me give you another. You're, you're a bad team. You're a Cincinnati Bengals of five years ago. And you realize now your season is going nowhere and it's November 1st. And now you're thinking about next year and what the future may hold. Anthony Brown all of a sudden becomes an attractive guy to bring onto your roster, at least temporarily or whatever, maybe to IRM. Potentially, if you if you get him over to your roster, that that's a next year guy. I I just be very excited about that. If I were a losing team, and you know one had a had a pretty good option on what could be a decent quarterback, the Ravens have signed a few of those futures deals uh, in the past. Otherwise, and it seems like this this would be a, a a case where you could lose him to a bad team or you could lose him to a good team. Yeah, it is either or. And I know when when you're talking about those teams, I know people have brought up. Seattle's quarterback situation, what, what's mm-hmm. going on in Carolina with Baker Mayfield. The flip side of that is, is Tyler Huntley. And if they make a move for him, or do they, are they really just throwing the season away, going for a guy in the draft like a Bryce Young and just mailing it in? But I think Tyler Huntley has the ability to start. I think Anthony Brown, if Tyler Huntley were to get moved, would be a fine backup to Lamar Jackson. I don't think you're the, the drop off between Tyler Huntley and Anthony Brown. I, I don't think is. I think what you're losing the most is the experience. You know, Tyler yeah, you're, you're losing the experience, but then you're also gaining the service time difference in experience. <laughs> so, that, that is true. I think yeah, Huntley so, is a restricted free agent this this upcoming off season. I that's believe. Correct. So, so he'll be he'll, he's year three. Yeah. So with, with Brown, you have that extra team control. Again, I still think it would take like I would want something valuable to move on from Tyler Huntley if I'm the Ravens. I, I'm not trading him for peanuts if, if I'm the Ravens. But I think that if they get a substantial offer, I wouldn't be shocked if they seriously consider it or just all out go do it. Now, I don't know if we've talked about this directly in terms of what's your price for Tyler Huntley. I, I, I was asked on the radio a, a couple of weeks ago. Might have been even only one week ago because it was before the previous game, and I said if they could get a pick between seventy and ninety, I'm I'm certainly not saying no. A mid third round pick, the effect of the third preseason game actually drops the range of what I would accept for Huntley, because I would take less because I think there is value in keeping Brown. So I, I you know maybe I extend down into the middle of the fourth round in terms of what I would what I would take for Huntley, uh, and I don't know if that's enough for you. Uh, if if you're EDC, I think for me, I think a day one or day two pick is where I mean, if we're talking like minimum, what is the absolute minimum I would yep. take? I think a day two pick would be it for me. So whether that's like a very early one hundreds pick, you know, like pick one hundred, or you're talking about like you talked about seventy through ninety, a mm-hmm. second, I think I'm definitely looking to to make that trade if I'm the Ravens first obviously (laughs) I think I'm making that trade but I don't want to make this seem like for me at least that I think oh Tyler Huntley's like this player that doesn't have any value to the Ravens and there's no like point to keeping him there is like there is definitely Mm -hmm. a point to keeping him but I just think if the opportunity arose for them to be able to get something of value while still having a solid quarterback in Anthony Brown there who is at risk to be lost anyway in the middle of the year like we talked about Ken I think that that's something they could explore yeah all right 
Uh, three cornerbacks on the roster. This is the last uh, position we'll hit on. So Kevon Seymour uh, made it, uh, and he's obviously suffered some sort of an injury. We don't exactly know when he'll be available. Uh, Ardarius Washington uh, still, I would hope, is the Ravens' backup slot corner. Maybe that's not true based on the fact that he's not on the roster, but uh, you know, maybe in a sense with the practice squad being extended roster, they're really hoping he would, he would still be available. Uh, if that were to happen. And Daryl Worley, who honestly played really well this preseason, he didn't get targeted a lot, which says something about the other cornerbacks on the field. He's playing with Vereen and he's playing with other guys later in the game, but he really did not get a lot of targets. And and when he did, you know, he had interception the first game and the last game he had one target and it was overthrown when he was really tight on the receiver. Uh, had a much better preseason and, and he's certainly a, a seasoned veteran guy. Yeah, I think when people think about Daryl Worley, they think of last season when yeah. it was it just did not go well at all for Daryl Worley. But I think he did show improvements, and I'm I'm actually glad he's back as like a veteran option in, in that room. For Kevon, Kevon Seymour, I think I think he's really well liked by the team in general overall. Like I think he's just like fun to be around, and everybody around the team likes to be around him. I think they also view him as a very high potential guy. Obviously, he had some struggles, but also had by all reports a very good camp. So. I think you take a swing on that upside, definitely, especially for a player that, you know, a lot of teammates seem to like. And then for Darius Washington, yeah, I, someone who I didn't think we would be in this situation talking about this, Ken, because I thought he would be long gone by this point, but very glad he was able to be retained. Does have the safety corner versatility. I do think that the slot corner position suits him with also maybe having that positional versatility to move back and play some safety. But he's a player that, again, if the Ravens do need some depth there, if, Geno Stone gets hurt or something, they can call Mm -hmm. upon him, or maybe even if they need some slot reps from him, they can call him up for a game or two and get him in there, and he can play well. Because I know know the size thing does kind of turn some people off and say, oh, well, I I don't want a corner that's super, super small. But you you don't have to be big in this league. We've seen so many smaller players. I mean, Earl Thomas, for whatever that's worth, smaller safety, had had a great career on the field. So I think for Darius Washington, he's a player that has a ton of potential. I'm, I'm very happy he was able to be retained because I think he still has potential to be very good. All right. Outstanding. I'm going to give you four names, and I want you, I'll do the same thing, to pick the guy of these you think you'll have the, is most likely um, to have the largest impact on the Ravens' actual season this year. And I, the, the guys I would put out there is are Beatty, Isaiah Mack, Stephen Means and Ardarius Washington. Those are the four names I get. But of those four, who do you think is the most likely to have the largest impact on the Ravens this year? I'm going to go with Stephen Means. I think for what the Ravens just need positionally right now, outside linebacker is the clear weakness of mm-hmm. the team. And like I said earlier, we don't know when Tyus Bowser's coming back. We don't know what moves this team is going to make if this is it. If the Ravens really do feel like they have enough in whoever else is on the roster, if they're going to play Malik Harrison a ton of snaps at Sam, whatever they want to do. I think that Steven Means, at least for the early part of the year, as we talked about a little bit, is, is a part of their plan. And depending on when Tyus Bowser comes back, I don't expect David Ajabo back before the bye at the very earliest. And I don't think we're really going to see fully healthy David Ajabo until 2023, like full, mm-hmm. full speed go David Ajabo. So I think for me, like you, you have depth on the defensive line. I think secondary wise, you're OK there. A lot of that does hinge on a couple players, though, in the cornerback room to make or break that room. And then I think running back wise, Tyler Brady could make an impact. But I think that for right now, outside linebacker is just that glaring hole. And I think Steven Means can help that. 
All right. I think that's I think that's a reasonable judgment. I probably would have picked Isaiah Mack uh, if the Ravens' defensive line was not so strong. I think he's probably the best player that they have on the practice squad right now. But he, he would really require two things. And one is for the Ravens to lose someone. And the other, uh, other thing is for no one else to lose someone first and then to take Mac off the squad. So I, I like your pick. I think means, you know, based on his early season, likely contributions this team is probably the most likely to make an impact. Yeah, and I, I agree. I think Isaiah Mack is a player that if the Ravens have to go through a bunch of injuries there, if they even like later in the year, if they want to manage snaps early on to make sure Clay's Campbell is, is fresh or Brent Urban is fresh or someone has to miss a couple weeks here and there, we could see Isaiah Matt called up a couple times and making an impact because I think, again, he is a 53 roster, like 53-man talent. I just think for right now the numbers game got to him a little bit. He was on my final projection, but I think for me, he, he's a player I'm super excited about. So you you were probably on the on the, your last pick, and if you're like me, it was down to maybe Mac Ross and Welch, and you probably had Ross over Welch, and you had Mac over over Welch. Uh, how, however, also, and that didn't come to fruition. Yeah, I had it, it was Ross over Welch, and then I think I had Washington over Cologne, and then I had Mac over Oliver. So I think that's where I was. Okay, all right. All right. Well, fair enough. Well, Kevin, always fun to talk football with you. And this is a yeah. The practice squad is kind of like a, a bunch of lottery tickets you're looking at here on the sideline, and and hopefully uh, a lot of these guys honestly won't play because they they their first team never gets hurt. You you never have to go to this group, but we know it's football. Uh, it's kind of like playing a hand of poker and discarding the highest card in either hand after after every hand you play. You're Top hands start going down in terms of what you can get, and you have to you have to consider you know what's the value of an eight or a nine or a seven even uh, later in the season. Yeah, it's a lot of different moves now with all the practice squad rules that have come into fruition. Now you know the elevations are huge. Being the expanded practice squads are a big thing, so you get a lot more chances now, and you get a lot more chances to I think elevate these guys to make a game by game impact, which can actually help you win at the end of the day. All right. Outstanding, Kevin. Uh, tell folks where they can find your work. Yeah. So I am on Twitter at ChaosStriker34. You can also find me hosting the Locked on Ravens podcast five days a week. We do that Monday through Friday. Ken's a guest on there. We've had him on a couple times. He does great work on the show. A ton of great analysis. And we are there on YouTube in audio form as well. And also I am the managing editor of Ravens Wire. So we put out daily Ravens content over there seven days a week. All right. Outstanding. Other folks out there, if you're listening, uh, two things I'd like from you. One is if you have the time, if you have the inclination, love for you to write us a review. Uh, We have a a great set of very loyal followers who've written reviews over the years. Uh, Would love to expand that set of reviews just a little bit, uh, but uh, appreciate it. If it's not your cup of tea, then then, uh, I'll understand entirely. If you're interested in doing a film study short, hit me up with a DM on Twitter. I try and be as inclusive as possible. If you have something um, you're passionate about with regard to Ravens football, it could be an analysis topic. It could just be you want to talk about some position group or some particular player and how they think you're underutilized. Narrow topic. We can talk about it in 20, 25 minutes. I'll get back to you very quickly. I promise you that. And we'll always have time for those even during the regular season. So love to hear from you. Kevin, thanks again for coming on. Always a blast, Ken. Thanks so much for having me. And we'll talk to you next time on Film Study.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.